You're listening to the Theology Mom podcast. And now, here's Theology Mom, Krista Bontrager. Thank you for joining me for tonight's live stream. I am really excited to bring you a groundbreaking discussion. This is going to be a follow-up to a teaching that I did a couple of months ago on social emotional learning. Uh, You might hear me talk about it in the stream as SEL. So if you want to know what that stands for, it's social emotional learning. Um, After I did that stream a couple of months ago, I had some feedback from uh, listeners that they did not like how hopeless they felt after um, interacting with that content. And um, I had a few requests for a follow-up conversation that would show a positive alternative to SEL. So here we are, and I am super excited to bring you uh, tonight's guest, who I'm going to bring on in just a few minutes here, because he's doing some important work in uh, kind of creating an alternative to a lot of SEL curriculum that's being used currently in schools. And so I want to highlight his work and maybe it'll be a good fit for your school. Maybe it'll be a good fit for your Christian school, Um, but give you the opportunity to check out his work and see what it's about. Last fall, I started researching SEL. I had received several letters from people asking about it. What is it? I'm seeing this more and more. It was new for me. So um, I put together a whole teaching about social emotional learning simply because it is impacting so many Christian families. So if you want to check out that previous discussion, go to the Theology Mom YouTube channel and look for the crash course on social emotional learning. I'm going to give a quick review here of just a couple of major points from that stream. Refresh your memory about it if you watched it or if you didn't see it, uh, just to get you up to speed so that you can participate in this discussion. Now, in my opinion, and again, this is just an opinion, um, SEL, social emotional learning, started out, I think, with some noble goals. And I'm gonna put, uh, I'm gonna ask Bob to put something on the screen here of a summary of SEL goals and, and competencies. And we're gonna look at this together. The kind of the five big skills that SEL is wanting students to um, develop, self-awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, social awareness, and relationship skills. Now, when you look at that, you think those sound very pretty. Those sound wonderful. I, I am, who would, who could possibly be against uh, these noble ideals? And I, I think that that's a fair question to ask. Um, I want to zoom in here and I don't know, Bob, maybe if you can blow up the one uh, social awareness in the top right-hand corner on some of those uh, bullet points there is that one in particular, I think, is the, the, the problematic one or is turning into a problematic one. And this is the ability to take the perspective of and empathize with others, including those from diverse backgrounds and cultures, such as perspective taking, empathy, respecting diversity, understanding social and ethical norms of behavior, recognizing family, school, and, fam- and community supports. 
again, these sound nice. These sound helpful. Um, but I think that what is happening right now in a lot of education contexts, particularly public education context, is that SEL is uh, becoming focused on the issue of diversity and being reorganized around the principles of equity. And this particular issue of social awareness is kind of coming to the forefront and, and leading and reshaping SEL. And I want to, in particular, uh, draw your attention to this graphic that I showed in the previous uh, stream is from the what's called the Castle website, and Castle is arguably the leading training entity for SEL um, right now. It's really the leading voice, and this is something that is right on their homepage. And I want to draw your attention to um, where you see these competencies of SEL. Notice what's at the center is the classroom. And notice where families and caregivers are is, is in this third concentric circle. What I want you to, to understand here is that there is a reorganization happening with SEL. What probably started out as a noble vision to help increase a child's emotional intelligence and, and problem-solving skills now the school is being, and in particular, the teacher, the classroom, um, the castle framework puts the teacher at the center of the child's influencers and helping to clarify the child's value system. So here is my working theory of what's happening with a lot of SEL. Again, not all, but a lot of it based on the probably hundreds to thousands of of emails that, that we have received on this issue. While, while social emotional learning may have initially started out with a good purpose, especially I can think of scenarios of children who come from homes that have been plagued by domestic violence, absentee fathers, um, and, and that maybe this was seen in the beginning as, a, as, a, as an adjunct for, for those um, difficult home lives and situations. Unfortunately, what's happening is that in many cases, SEL is, has become a Trojan horse to bring in the principles of queer theory into public education. And in particular, under this banner of social awareness and respecting diversity, in particular, understanding social and ethical norms. Social emotional learning is, to put it bluntly, reshaping the value system of an entire generation with these kinds of, um, no, the norms of, of queer theory being put forward as the new value system that ought to be embraced. So that's kind of a summary of, of the big idea from the previous stream. Now, since that stream, I have continued to interview some people who are trying to provide positive alternative options. And that brings me to tonight's guest. Um, I met um, our guest tonight, Joe Elliott from the Catalyst Collective 
at the Texas um, homeschool convention a couple of months ago when I was speaking there. I just walked around the booth area, saw that he had a big sign um, in his booth with SEL. And I said, I gotta go talk to this guy. So we had a very brief conversation, followed up with his group to find out more about his program. And I was so impressed with what he's doing um, in his work to try to provide an alternative to a lot of other SEL programs. He has an effective program that I actually think all students can benefit from. It might be something you 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 might even get a, get a heart for um, getting going through his training program and becoming uh, a mentor, a volunteer mentor through his program. But I just want to get it on people's radar and also help paint the picture of what else is possible. So I'm going to bring Joe on in just a minute here. But before I do, I want to let you know that this is a pre-recorded interview. Um, but even though we are not live tonight, I still want to invite you to comment during the premiere. Let me know your feedback about the discussion, put your questions in the chat. I'll be there in the chat. So, and as you're there, make sure to like the stream, make sure that you're still subscribed and share the stream. Share with a friend or family member who works in education um, and see what they think. Make sure above all that you're liking the post, you're liking the stream because those little likes um, force the bots to push out the content to more people and help spread the news. And with that, I want to bring on Joe Elliott on the show. Welcome, Joe. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. That's glad to, to see you again and uh, to find out more about your work. Um, maybe just let's start with giving kind of the one minute introduction to you. Um, what should we know about you and what you're up to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, funny story. You know, we were at the conference and we had the big SEL on there and we had no idea at that point if like the homeschool community really even knew what that was and whatnot. So we had parents come and ask. And we had, I had, I got chewed out by some parents. They didn't even, they didn't even stop to want to know what was going on and what we were doing. All they saw was SEL and, and they were like, how did you get into this conference? Why are you here? Wow. They thought you were the Trojan horse. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So we had some interesting discussions. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm a dad. First and foremost, I'm a dad. I got three teenagers. We've been through. Uh, public school, uh, homeschool, charter school, Christian private school, you name it. And and we take it season by season with our kids and where they're at, what they need, what's best. And we do it with them, kind of joint decisions. And it's and it's been great to experience all gamuts of, of, of learning. Um, you know, I'm, I've started the nonprofit that I run about, uh, you know, 10 years ago, but I've been working with the next generation, middle school on up for over 23 years, uh, believe it or not, it's been, it's been crazy. So um, I don't dye my hair yet, but you can see the gray on my chin. So I, I got my stripes, <laughs> you know. Um, now, I, yeah. I, now you are a former youth pastor from what I understand. I yeah, I am. I am. I, my, my degree was actually business management and marketing. So I got caught up in the dot-com bubble, worked for tech companies for about nine years and was like, wait, what am I doing? This isn't, this isn't who I'm, I'm wired to be and, uh, and made the shift into full-time ministry 
which eventually led into the nonprofit sector where I'm at now. But uh, did did a couple of years in seminary, but I'm a seminary dropout. You know, <laughs> I, I I love Jesus, but oh my gosh, like you know, there's a reason they call seminary seminary cemetery sometimes. It's, it can be rough. It it, it can be rough can on be your rough. heart at times. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. And I, I think that that's interesting. You have a business background because yeah. that that savvy uh, with the business and the marketing comes through in, in what you're doing. So it's, it's a great skill set that the Lord's put you in in that in that journey that you can really um, put all of those things together. Let's let's start out by having you um, tell us a little bit about the why, you know, why did you develop the catalyst? collective your your nonprofit the curriculum what was the need that you saw that you, you thought you could help fill yeah well I, I did the one thing that a lot of us as adults sometimes don't do I was listening to teens and uh, you know about a little over 10 years ago you know we saw the writing on the wall numbers for youth ministries were sh- shrinking around the country and I had five student interns and I said listen let's just be real with one another most of the time you don't want to be here your friends aren't coming. Um, but yet you guys are all struggling, struggling, right? They got cell phones now they're on social media and like, what, what's going on. And, um, and, and so they just said, well, I mean, like if these things were happening, I think my friends would be engaged. And so we leaned into that and we said, well, what are those things? And it wasn't that they weren't interested or open to the spiritual. It just wasn't where they wanted to start. Um, and, and instead they had real tangible needs that, that their, their friends were hurting and want to be met. So we said, okay, you know what, what if youth ministry didn't exist? We didn't know what it was. All we knew is that we were called to a certain area to help a group of people, young people. What would we do? I asked this question, to a group of young, uh, youth pastors all across the city of Austin, and we started whiteboarding ideas and then realized, man, if we did any of these, we'd all get fired. Cause that's not what we're hired to do. But yet they were at the core of what it was. And here's what it boiled down to three basic things. We heard the young people say, I want to know who I'm uniquely made to be. And I understand what the Bible says about my identity, but that's true for everybody. But, what, but yet he made me unique. What is it that sets me apart? Right. They were really searching for answers to those questions and they weren't getting them. The second thing was, well, what does that mean? What's my purpose? Right. And what, what do I specifically do? And they said, you know, I know, you know, I know the church is going to tell me to love God, love others, but what am I doing tomorrow? What does this look like specifically for me? And, and, and amongst all that was this third aspect of belonging. Like, where do I fit in? Right. What does this look like? Whether it's school, whether it's the community church. So it was identity, purpose, belonging was the immediate struggle. And so when we started to have those conversations first, then we saw students sticking. We saw students who had never stepped foot into a church start coming. And, um, and we started connecting with, with young people all around the city. So from what I understand, when you started then branching out from the youth ministry component, you saw some potential of reaching into your community with Absolutely. this framework as well. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, because these were conversations that everybody needs to have. This wasn't about, oh, this is shoving some religious 
theology down people's throat. No, this is basic human conversations of who am I? Why am I here? Where do I fit in? And, and, and getting real answers to those things. And so we, uh, we started with opening up classes where, where students were coming in for guitar lessons, for martial arts, for all kinds of things they didn't have an opportunity to do in school. When that happened, the public schools took notice and, and started to reach out to us and say, hey, we hear you're working with a lot of teens. Is there something that you can do? Because we have a lot of at-risk, latchkey kind of kids that are hanging out in the parking lot, nowhere to go after school. There's a lot of trouble. There's drugs. There's so much and so forth. It's, I, mean, I mean, it's an issue at every, every public high school. And, um, and we said, yeah. So we, we started to take these conversations into the school. And, um, and we, we took over their cafeteria. We brought up a mobile teen center. And we started helping students understand who they were uniquely made to be and, and get them doing things that lined up with their talents and passions they didn't have an opportunity to do in school. And, um, and you know, we, we would have at first a few dozen students come, but by the end of the school year, 20% of the entire public school was coming to our program. There was such a hunger for just real conversations. And I, I know that when I talked to your assistant, another thing that he said that was very intriguing to me is that you even had people who would be assigned to you by the court system mm -hmm. um, that could come utilize your program and get a vision for their lives. And um, I'm thinking, wow, that's really interesting. And now you're trying to create it into a curriculum that, other schools could replicate and use in their own context. Absolutely. That was the second wave of it. Um, the, the local court systems, juvenile courts caught wind of what was happening, uh, seeing all these students engaged, uh, staying out of trouble, uh, staying in school longer, uh, getting in, improvement in their grades, involvement in extracurricular activities. And they're like, hey, can you come work with the students that are coming through the court systems? And um, and we absolutely did. We, we, we took the idea, we ended up calling it the purpose project. And essentially one way to look at these conversations, it was, they were social emotional learning conversations before SEL was really a thing. And, um, and, and we started having them and they started to redirect students. They started to wake them up, uh, give them hope about their future and, uh, and get them excited about directing their energies toward ways of giving back to the community. And, and that's what we started to do. So it began, it, we began to have a tool here that whether it was a private school, a public school, a homeschool setting, a court system, they're just conversations that teens are desperate for. That's a great lead and, and setup as we get into the program. I think you've, you've done a good tease there of, of, you know, like, yeah, I want to know more about this. Like, what is this, the secret sauce, you know, that, that teens want to have these conversations. So maybe give us a little bit of an overview of the curriculum, you know, it, the purpose behind it and, and how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So the curriculum is called the purpose project. Now, if you just Google purpose project, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. You're going to come across different things called the Purpose Project that may not be us, uh, but the website's purposepro.org. So with the Purpose Project, um, we can really divide it up into a couple of different parts. And, and, and the first part is around, um, around self-awareness 
and is around that social awareness bucket, two of the five buckets that you normally cover with social emotional learning. And, um, and, and so when we study, and, and again, I'm a big on business leadership. I do, I, le I do leadership coaching all the time. I think there's two core ingredients the successful people have. The first part is there's, they're extremely self-aware. And so, you know, we're, we're getting, we're, we're diving into six core areas that set a student apart, right? Their, their life experiences, their personality type, talents, values, passions, and motivators. Um, now, people who use this from a homeschool community add in things like a spiritual gifts test, which we have those components. You could either add in love languages and all other kinds of stuff. But we, we do a deep dive. We're, we're taking students on a tour of how all these different parts of who they are come together like puzzle pieces. Now, imagine a puzzle, right? Nobody uh, goes into a puzzle without strategy. You don't just pick up two pieces, see if they fit, drop them back into the pile if they don't. You look at the picture, you sort the border, you do things in colors. But yet, when it comes to the different pieces that make us unique, we've, we're never really taught how to fit those together, you know? And so that's what we're doing. We're teaching students how to fit these pieces together. What do your life experiences mean? The good and the bad. How do they connect with your, your passions and motivators and talents and all sorts of things? We take all this data and we teach them how to do a process of thematic analysis. Now, thematic analysis is a fancy way to say when we were all in third grade and the teacher read us a story, she would stop and say, what's the main idea of the story? And even in third grade, our little hands were going up and saying, ooh, ooh it was like, don't steal or be kind to others or whatever it was. Our minds were looking for patterns, things that repeated, things that were emphasized. And yet we don't do this with ourselves. So when we teach people how to do it for themselves, right? They start to see themes that emerge in their unique design. And those themes point to a core strength. And what most of us as adults know is that if we are in careers or jobs or doing anything where we drift too far away from our core strengths, we will struggle to succeed, right? And so, and so that's what we're doing is in a way, you know, we're, we're giving students like decades worth of self-awareness in a matter of weeks, I think you hit on a really important word there that I want us to dig in a little bit more on, and that is the word design. Because while your program is not overtly Christian, I think that what you are doing is helping students to discover their design. And, you know, we as Christians might say, we know who that designer is, or we might assign meaning to who that designer is. And if it was used in a Christian context, you could have maybe that conversation a little bit more openly and freely. But I think that inviting a child to explore something about themselves as their design is a is a very genius way of doing it. Talk to us a little bit more about about that phraseology and how that's embedded yeah. in the program. Yeah. So he, here's the interesting thing. I think a lot of times when we put together curriculum. We do a disservice when we only have one sector of society in mind. So when we created this curriculum, we created it as Christian curriculum in the sense that 
I could point everything we talk about to scripture, right? Now, if I remove the scripture, you still have scientific un, uh, undeniable truths that are in place that people need to know and learn and use. They just, you just can't use the scripture part in a public school setting. And so we have a biblical supplement that goes with our curriculum that Christian schools use, that homeschool communities use, churches use it, youth pastors use it. I even have churches that are using it as their 101 class because it, it helps them get to know new members faster, right? So, um, the, so there's that component of it. But when you're, when you're creating something for a public school setting, you have to be sensitive to that. And you have to understand that, no, there's still truth, scientific truth in everything that we're saying even if I don't have to, even if I can't refer to scripture on, on it. Right. And so that's what we've done. We've created a tool that, that kind of straddles the fence and can be used in a lot of different settings. I mean, we have fortune 500 companies using this stuff right now. So, um, so, you know, it just depends on what's your goal. What do you, what do you want to teach and how can we come alongside you and, and do that? And for the public school setting, you, you want to, you, you want to engage students. You want to get them inspired about learning. You want to build a relationship with them. You want to build trust and you want to help connect that whatever you're teaching them, it connects back to who they're uniquely made to be and is important to learn. And, and our material is doing that. So, so it's really helping the student kind of discover some things about themselves um, to put it in Christian terms, the way they've been created. We might say the way they've been designed they're, they're, they're inquiring of themselves and they're beginning to see like, oh, this is um, some short-term goal setting I can engage in, longer-term goal setting I can engage in, really trying to help the, the young person develop a vision for their life and what's possible. I'm imagining that when you were working with, for example, students that were coming out of the court system, Maybe they haven't had fathers in the homes to really help direct those kinds of discussions of a different vision that 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 young person's life could be. Um, they, they don't have to just be a slave to the court system. Um, right. And so I can see the the real value of that. Um, how? Tell us a little bit more because we have a lot of people who are going to watch this stream who work in a Christian school context homeschool co-ops, um, you know, talk to us a little bit more about some of the, those applications in the, in those contexts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, think of this as like, uh, you know, every, every young person right now is, is struggling to understand what is, what am I doing with my future? We put a lot of pressure on our kids, not all of us, Many of us are putting a lot of pressure on our kids to go to college, to extend their learning, so forth and so on. And so there's like this, there's, there's this tension that exists to hurry up and figure out what I want to do, right? Without really taking a thorough inventory of who I am and how that plays out in the things that I want to do. And so, um, so what, if, you're, if you're a school, for example, right? And you've got, or even a co-op, or even a youth ministry, you've got a group of students, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I think it would be a good thing to go serve the homeless. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe teach them empathy, maybe expose them to something new, 
awesome. But have we ever stopped to think, but maybe none of the students that we have are really have a strong passion to serve the homeless. Maybe they have a strong passion to serve the elderly. We don't know because we've never, we've never surveyed them and we've never asked. We just throw events on a calendar and say, this will be good to do. This will be good to do this. I know. Cause I was a youth pastor for years. That's how it works. Right. It's like, Oh, you work here. Okay. We'll do that. We'll go to, we'll go to this thing. So when we started using the purpose project, we got to see, especially in groups, what are the common denominators of this group? What do they care about? How are they wired? Where, where do they share a lot of common values and giftings and interests? And what can we do to maybe lean into those? So it, it informed um, how we taught them, how we motivated them, how we structured events and all kinds of things. Like, uh, you know, and, and so um, that's, that's one way it was working. The other way it was working is once we use the material to, to figure out what a student's interested in, the next job was then to try to find opportunities to connect them to those interests. And this is why it works so brilliantly in any setting, because there's very few people out there that are advocating for what the student is interested in. Um, and, we, and, and, and it's not a knock on, on specifically educators. I mean, your plate's full. How much time do you have to take a whole classroom of kids and figure out how do I, you know, help each one. But if you knew what each one cared about, what they were motivated by, um, what their values were, what their passions are, do you think it would help you connect your subject matter to them better? Whether it's science, English, history, math, it doesn't matter. Like, um, you know, that's, there's, there's all kinds of different ways to, to, to leverage and, and use the material to draw out the best in, in young people. And that's, and that's really what this is. It is, Hey, here's, here's some of your design. Here's how we, here's how we live this out. Here's how we, here's one way this can play out. I can definitely see some application to that, you know, um, you know, a lot of different contexts, but I'm just immediately what comes to mind is a homeschool context because so many homeschoolers really want to encourage their children to, to be thinking ahead about careers. But here's like a concrete plan to lead them through a step-by-step process to help that child kind of discover themselves and then begin to think, oh, what career paths could this lead into? Or how have I been designed? What what could that become like because sometimes you know our zeal as parents of wanting our kids to to think ahead about their future we don't know the steps to help the child discover themselves and discover their own vision for their life well and a lot of times you do it's just that you you it's like you need that other person to say the same thing that you've been yeah, saying yeah and, and a lot of times we're that other person you yeah. know we come along and say yeah i get you mom and dad they're not listening to you but we'll, we'll, we, we're going to see what you see and we'll probably be saying the same thing. And, and now all of a sudden they're hearing. <laughs> now, as you're building out this curriculum, you're trying to make it replicatable for other contexts. Um, can teachers potentially download a sample so they can get a feel for the program? Do you have the, that option available? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, on our website, purposepro.org, um, you're going to see a lot of options. There's a lot of ways that people engage the curriculum. And uh, up in the top, you know, when you clicked on the options menu, 
we do we do mentoring and workshops. We're one of the fastest growing mentoring organizations in Texas right now. Uh, we're, we're certifying mentors all around the country on how to use these conversations and our approach to, to reach and impact teens. And so, um, so there's workshops for youth. There's workshops for adults because we have a lot of adults. I mean, come on, every 10 years, we all go through an existential crisis, right? Of like, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And so we, we've taken celebrities through this. We've taken millionaires through this. Um, everybody needs to hit a reset button every now and then to figure out, Hey, am I aligned to who I am authentically at my core? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Let's explore this. So, um, so there's workshops, there's, um, there's the curriculum and the curriculum is, is two sections, right? You're either homeschool or you're in the public school setting. And, um, and, and again, the main difference is one has a biblical supplement and the other one doesn't but it's the core is still the same, right? We're having conversations that engage students. Uh, and, uh, and, and so when you go there, you'll, you'll see two buttons, download a sample, you'll get all the contents, you'll get all of the first episode. Um, you can even go do an online course if you want to uh, and, um, and, and watch a lot of the videos where we talk, we talk through this. But, uh, but yeah, we do demos. We can schedule and dive in deeper into the demos if you're interested in that. A lot of different ways to, to engage, but it's all on the website, purposepro.org. Okay. So um, if a teacher is watching this stream right now and maybe they want to bring your program up to, uh, to the attention of their school's leadership, yeah. um, their principal may or may not be a Christian, um, you know, do you have any advice for how that teacher might introduce the subject to their principal or their superintendent? Yeah, absolutely. We don't need to make this a, a Christian, non-Christian thing. We're all trying to solve the same problem. Teens are struggling. They're absolutely struggling right now. Um, you know, 5,400 students are attempting suicide every day in America. You know, one in three have a diagnosable mental health illness. I mean, we can point to a lot of what's what, what's going wrong, what's what's uh, the few things that may be going right. But we know we want we want students to get a quality education. We want them to be engaged. We want them to be learning. But the biggest thing that I think we all agree on is we want students to be resilient. I know that's one of the biggest things that I want for my own kids, you know, is I, I, I want to set them up for success to, that when life punches them in the throat, they can, they can take a, a step back, they can breathe and they can keep moving forward. Right. Um, and that's what I want. We, how do we build resiliency in, in our young people? And I think the topics that we have with social emotional learning are, are vital, vital. In fact, if you look at, um, you know, fortune 500 companies, and you look at what the things that they're looking for in their employees, all of the qualities all point back to social emotional learning. They want people that are self-aware, that can self-manage, that can have relationship skills, that can make great decisions, so forth and so, so on. So I would say, let's, let's find the commonalities. What do we want for these kids? We want them to love learning. And the problem with most SEL stuff is it just does not engage teenagers. Now it's different from elementary age kids, 
Um, when it gets to teen versions of SEL, they're just not engaging. Students don't get into the conversation. They're not authentic. They're based on textbook. Here's what we should be learning. And, and it, doesn't, it doesn't move the needle. So what if there was an SEL for teens that teens actually love and educators love teaching? Would you be interested in taking a closer look? And, um, and so I don't, I don't know any, anybody in authority that would say no to that. So that's how I would say it. That's how okay. I position it. Let's take a closer look and, uh, and, and do a demo. Let's get on, let's get on and, and, and see this. And I'll, I'll send you the full material. You can take a look at it um, and you're going to love it. Very good. That's, that's giving us some words that we can think about um, how to engage in the, in those discussions with people in our schools and maybe if we're even parents, you know, and we don't want to just always be the parent who complains, you know, but, but we want to maybe point school administrators to an, an alternative program that that might also be uh, helpful. Uh, I'm wondering if you can share with us, you know, a, a story or two of students who were successful in going through the program. Um, just, you know, you've mentioned a lot of different venues generally, but maybe you can share with us a particular story or two uh, that typifies the kinds of results um, that you would hope a student would have when they, when they go through the program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, first and foremost, um, I, you know, we, we, my own daughter was a great example of this. We used this material before it was ever in textbook form. And, um, and, and, and she, and in fact, if you can do the training videos with us, you'll see the journey of her growing, but she ended up um, deciding not to pursue a college path and instead dive into photography. This is the thing that we, we looked at when we were going through the purpose project. So at, uh, at 17, she's making these decisions, graduating from high school. By 18, she launches her business. The purpose project gives her a blueprint of what exactly to do next. She follows that. And now here she is at 19 years old, fully self-sustaining, um, going to make you know upwards of forty to fifty thousand dollars this year as a nineteen-year-old wedding photographer. Now let's take it. Let's take it through the lens of of uh, a kid that was assigned to the court systems. Had a kid named Jacob. Um, you know, Jacob got suspended for fighting. Jacob is is struggling. Uh, home life is 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 a wreck. Gets sent to court. Um, court says, all right, I'm going to mandate you do this purpose project thing, right? So Jacob shows up, doesn't want to have anything to do with us. Total normal situation, right? And, um, and so, so we, we start talking to Jacob. We start diving into his unique design. And these conversations, man, teens just engage with them, right? Because it's, it's about them. It's a little bit narcissistic, but, you know, they want to know about them. And that's what you're doing. They kind of feel like it's palm reading or something. You know, I'm not reading anyone's palm here. We're looking at the data and the data is, is telling a story. And so by the third session with Jacob, we've known this kid for three hours. Um, he is writing smart goals down. He's realized that the thing that is tripping him up the most is that he just has a deep passion for justice. And the reason he got in fights in school in the first place was because he was defending a kid that was getting picked on. 
And he stepped in uh, against these larger, stronger football players and stood up and, and, and fought. Well, of course, the school didn't ask questions about why. It was just, you got in a fight. This is your second or third fight. You're out. And, um, and so we started to talk through that. And he realized through that process, you know, I might have an anger issue. And so we Googled together, like anger issues. We're doing this together. We're just Googling it. He was like, you know what? This makes sense. I can, I can see how I need to get this under control. Right? We'd known the kid for three hours. We had another kid named, named Gabe, who by the third session with us, he scheduled his own counseling appointment at 17 years old. He just picked up the phone and said, I can see this is what's in my way. I got to do something about this. I need help. And he got that help. And so it just, it, you know, the, these, these students go, have gone on to see a lot of success. And what they really needed was a catalyst. They needed somebody to enter into their life, have a conversation with them that nobody else was willing to have and redirect them in a different way. And we, we see this all the time. We have, if you poke around enough on our website, you're going to see video testimonies from students saying that they were about to attempt suicide or, or they had attempted suicide, um, you know, before they had engaged with this material. It's, it's amazing what's happening. Very good. Um, let me ask you if maybe there's a parent listening and they're thinking like, yeah, I think my kid could really benefit from this program, but the teen is resistant. Um, you know, is there like, I'm thinking of, you know, a homeschool context or, um, you know, even just a regular context where the parents like, wow, I think this could really help my 18, 19 year old. Um, how could I mentor them through this? Um, you know, what would be a way to maybe introduce the program or the idea of going through the program to a resistant teenager? Yeah, that's a great question. Mom, dad, let me talk to you for a minute. It's totally normal. Like <laughs> my own kids, the same thing. Oh, dad, you're going to make me go through your stuff. Like it, think about it from their perspective. They're introducing, you're introducing them to a total stranger, right? And you're, and, and they're not even sure what this is about. So what I'm going to say is this, sign them up, register them. Okay. And the first thing that we do is we have a 15 minute intro call and it'll, it'll be me or someone on my staff. And, and we will talk with your student one-on-one -on -one for 15 minutes. You give us 15 minutes with them. And I promise we will move the needle from, I don't want, I don't want to do this to, okay, this may not suck as much as I thought it was going to suck. By the time we get to the first session, second session, they're going to be bought in. And, and at the end of it, I promise they will thank you and say, okay, that was cool. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Thank you. But you got to get them to the starting block. <laughs> okay. All right. So I want you to, to talk to us a little bit about, as we wrap up here, um, uh, give us the website again, but also talk about your mentoring program. And there might be some people who are listening to this right now that they're intrigued. They love working with young people. Maybe they're already a youth pastor, but this might be another tool in their skill set, or they're envisioning like, hey, maybe I could use this as a way to start to do outreach at my local high school. How could they become a mentor? You absolutely can. And, and so here's the thing. Um, you know, there's a reason why we do the purpose project with adults. 
30% of all adult adults who go through this material end up becoming mentors because the number one thing they say is, man, I would I wish I would have had this as a teen. It's, it's going to help you no matter what aspect you are in life. I had the oldest person we've taken through the purpose project was 82 years old. So when we say mentor, here's the thing. Um, it's not your normal mentoring system where we're asking for one year commitments and are going to throw you with a, a kid that you may or may not connect with. That's not it at all. There's a reason why those mentoring models um, are struggling to find mentors. Instead, we're changing the way people think about mentoring. What I'm asking you to commit to would be six one-hour conversations. And I will train you on how to have those conversations. It'll be some of the best training you've ever had in your life. It's not long training. We'll teach you on how to have the conversations and you can do them remote. Um, and, and now a lot of us older adults say, ah, but I prefer to be eyeball to eyeball with students. Well, you can if they're in your vicinity, but remember this, that students don't care. Their whole world is online. So, so they could be meeting with you through virtual goggles in the metaverse at one day soon. It won't matter to them. What matters is the authentic, authenticity of the conversations you're going to have with them and you're going to love it. You'll end up having these conversations with all kinds of people in your life, coworkers, friends, neighbors. So if you want to explore that, I would say purposepro.org. Um, you're going to see something that says certified guide. That's kind of what we call our mentors. And if you're an educator, you'll probably can get some continuing education credit by going through this certification. But, uh, but even if you're not, yeah, like get certified in this, come check it out. Let's, let's, let's look at this closely together and schedule an intro call with us. Awesome. And this isn't like some kind of multi-level marketing scheme, right? <laughs> no, no, if you're willing to, if you're willing to mentor one student, take one student through this an hour a week for six weeks, we're training you for free. There's no cost to this. Again, this is about we're, let's solve a problem. You want to use this for outreach. I love it. I can help you do that. If you want to use this with your own kids, great. You want to use it in the classrooms, I will train you how to do it. Let's solve problems. Let's build a resilient generation that knows who they're uniquely made to be and why it matters. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. This has been great. I want to encourage everyone to go check it out, purposepro.org. See if it's a good fit for your situation. And I always like to encourage people to think imaginatively. This is where faith is built at the intersection of the imagination and risk and trusting the Lord to be in that risk with you. Thank you, Joe, for all of your work with young people. And I love uh, that you're really trying to build resiliency. I think that that is um, an important missing ingredient today. And, um, you know, there's so many young people that are struggling. Uh, I appreciate your vision to try to help them. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you for what you do as well. Appreciate you. All right. Take care. God bless. All right, friends. Um, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Joe Elliott. And, you know, I think that I really want to encourage everyone on the stream to think about the next generation, to pray for the next generation, and to get a vision for what you can do either as a, as a parent, a pastor, um, a regular person, whatever, however God has gifted you in your design, uh, what you can do to help sow into the next generation. Um, as I've said before, 
uh, social emotional learning, I, I do think it has become, in many cases, a Trojan horse for a deeply problematic framework. Um, I am significantly uncomfortable with uh, teachers playing what appears to me, in my opinion, to be amateur psychologist and moral influencer to our kids um, in a lot of ways that uh, I think are unhelpful and even harmful. But I love also the idea of offering an alternative. And I'm not saying that um, Joe's program is the only alternative. Maybe this will inspire you to think about um, an alternative to SEL that you could create. I always love to paint that picture and inspire, inspire entrepreneurship uh, for others. But um, I just want to, most of all, encourage parents to be in charge of your kids, to do the things that God has appointed for you to do as the person who is, has been made by God to be responsible for the discipleship and training of your kids. And that's not to say you can't enlist the help of others, but ultimately we as parents, we are the ones that God has um, appointed to help our kids get a vision for their lives. These are tools that we've been talking about today that could potentially help you. Maybe it's not a good fit and that's okay. Um, but just to, to put it out there that um, when we see something in the culture that looks destructive, to begin to think creatively of how could I provide an alternative? How could I use my gift and my skill set that God has given me and how he's designed me to provide an alternative, to be a voice, um, a light in the darkness, to be salt in a difficult space. So I hope that you enjoyed the, the conversation today. I hope that it'll inspire you to think about um, making your own path and discipling your children and also influencing your community to truly be salt and light in a dark time. Thank you so much for watching. Good night and God bless. Be sure to follow Theology Mom on Facebook and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget to catch Krista next week for more theology fun on Theology Mom and all the things. Thanks for listening.